Welcome to Coffee Break with Sharp Best Health. Every week, we sip on a strong new blend of practical tips, information, and education to help you optimize your health, body, and mind. Your hosts are Janice, Emily, Megan, and Olga. Your break starts now. Hello, and welcome to part two of the Keto Intermittent Fasting podcast episode. This is Emily and Olga. Last week, we started by introducing you to keto diet, and we highlighted some of the pros and cons of the diet, why it works, and why it is so popular. And so today, we're going to focus on a very complicated uh, intermittent Mm -hmm. fasting diet. Yeah, so like Olga said, intermittent fasting has become very popular. And to preface this whole podcast, you know, it's been a lot of time researching because there's a lot of information out there. We aren't nutritionists, we're not Mm -hmm. physicians, but we have done a lot of research and we would encourage you to do the same. As with any health decision, you need to do your own research and understand Mm -hmm. it. But we hope that today you can get the basic facts and what research has been done and what the studies show as well. That's right. So if you're interested in the previous episode that we did on keto diet, please go back into our podcast archive and listen to it. But today it's all about fasting. Let's get started. Let's get started. So what is intermittent fasting? Basically, it's an eating pattern where you cycle between periods of eating and not eating. Intermittent fasting focuses on when you should eat rather than what you should eat. You're restricting your energy intake on some days while eating freely on others. Something to keep in mind as well is that there are several different types of intermittent fasting. So some of the more common ones that you may have heard are the 16-8 principle or the circadian rhythm fasting approach where you restrict your meals to an 8 or 10 hour period of the daytime. Mm. Mm -hmm. So for example, you might start eating at 7 in the morning and end at 3 p.m. There's and a, then right. don't eat until 7 in the morning next day. Correct. So you eat for 8 and you fast for 16. Mm-hmm. There's also a variation called the 5-2 fasting where people, you eat normally for 5 days, you don't count your calories, and then on the other 2 days, you eat five to 600 calories that day. And the fasting days are really your, your choice. They don't need to be consecutive. Mm-hmm. There's overnight fasting where... You do a 12-hour fast, so maybe you stop eating at 7 p.m. and you don't start again till 7 a.m. the next morning. There's whole-day fasting where you eat once a day and then you do a 24-hour fast. So what that would look like is maybe you only eat dinner and then you don't eat again until the next day at dinner. There's alternate-day fasting, and this is where you fast every other day, and then the days that you are fasting, you eat about 25% of your caloric needs, which is about 500 calories. Mm. So something to keep in mind with the different types. Are they mostly your personal preferences? Yeah, it really just needs to be sustainable for your lifestyle. Mm, Sure. And you need to be able to keep it going that's when you'll see the benefits is if you can, you know, sustain, sustain something for a while. So I wanted to touch on a study that was done in Germany called the Helena study. It was one of the largest studies done that focused on people who did intermittent fasting 
mm-hmm. calorie restriction, and then they had a control group. There was about 150 people who participated, and the study was over one year. So this is a very long study um, for this type. So essentially, they had three buckets where they placed people. They had people doing calorie restriction. Mm -hmm. They had people doing the 5-2 plan, which we touched on earlier, where you eat normally for five days, fast for two. And then they had a control group. And they studied them over a year. And what they found is that the improvements in their health were the same. And what's funny, actually, is there was also a lot of improvements in the control group. But all that to say, there hasn't been a lot of differences shown between calorie restriction, continuous calorie restriction, also known as CCR, and intermittent fasting. So it's not necessarily about the diet method you choose, but it's really if you can stick to it or not. But basically, the the results are similar because overall, you're probably restricting your calories by fasting on some days and eating on others. Mm -hmm. So the the result is basically the same. It's just a different way of restricting your calories. But I can Mm -hmm. just assume that you're eating less automatically because you're not eating on you know, on certain days or yeah. certain hours. Yeah, that's right. So either way, you're going to see a, a, an improvement in your mm-hmm. health, in your weight loss, in, in metabolic biomarkers. So again, it really comes down to what can you sustain because both eating plans are going to elicit positive results. But if you can't stick to it in the long term, then you're not going to get the benefits of that eating plan. So continuous calorie restriction, if you can stick to it, you can stick to a certain number of calories per day. And for you, that system works. Great. Do it. You're going to see great benefits from it. Same goes from intermittent fasting. If you would prefer to simply not eat or eat less on certain days and not have to worry as much about calorie counting on the other days and you can sustain that, then you will also see those benefits. So it really just depends on your lifestyle, what you can what you can keep up to really figure out what works best for you. Right. Have you seen any studies that showed that people who follow intermittent fasting ended up overeating on the days that they eat? Certainly. You can imagine if you haven't eaten for a day, mm-hmm. You know, you don't necessarily want to turn to broccoli. <laughs> you want something that's more satisfying. But actually what's funny is there was, a, there was a study done, and what they said was that people didn't necessarily eat more the days that they weren't fasting, but they were eating more on the days that they were supposed to be fasting. So if you're supposed to stick to 500 calories that day, mm-hmm. they're finding a lot of times people are going over it. So, yeah, it kind of just depends on how dedicated you are to it and then um, on the days that you're not fasting Mm -hmm. what you're eating as well because you're right if you completely binge and gorge on the days that you're not fasting then that's not great for you either yeah it's you're basically neglecting your your Mm -hmm. efforts definitely the day before so what are some of the perceived benefits of intermittent fasting well there is a large body of research to support the health benefits of fasting You know, most of it's been conducted on animals, but there have been some human studies. Fasting has been shown to improve biomarkers of disease, 
reduce oxidative stress, and preserve memory and learning. Additionally, it can help promote blood sugar control by Mm -hmm. reducing your insulin resistance, reduces inflammation, and may enhance your heart health by improving your blood pressure, your triglycerides, your cholesterol levels. It can help with cellular repair, and it can be a very effective weight loss tool. With that said, some of the cons are that it can be very difficult to sustain. Mm -hmm. If your lifestyle doesn't support intermittent fasting, then really there's no point to trying to use this as your means of improving your health. Mm -hmm. It needs to be something that you can stick to. There's some studies that show that it might not be as beneficial for women as it is for men. You may feel hungry, weak, experience brain fog. You know, these things sometimes are temporary, but also if you're doing it on a continued basis, then you may experience these things more often. And it may not be safe if you have diabetes, Mm -hmm. blood sugar issues, low blood pressure, you're on certain medications, you're underweight, you have a history of eating disorders, or women who are pregnant or trying to conceive. So what's the bottom line? The bottom line is the best diet is the one you can stick to in the long run. (laughs) We've said this over and over today, but it's so true. You have to find something that works for you. And if it doesn't, then the perceived benefits may not be worth it. You need to also do your own research. We tried to present the facts today, but there is a lot out there, especially if you have a certain condition. Mm-hmm. You need to do your own research. And if you are interested in trying it, well, then go ahead and try it. If you do have a condition, like one of the ones that I mentioned earlier, you will want to consult with your doctor beforehand just to make sure it's safe for you. Um, and I did want to note, too, that some easy ways that you can apply these intermittent fasting principles into your life more easily is to restrict your eating to a certain time period. So even if you are doing a 12-hour fast, you're still giving your body 12 hours to recover. And that's usually simple enough for most of us Mm -hmm. to sustain that one Mm long-term. Also, another way to do it is to not snack throughout the day. You want your insulin levels to go down between meals But if you're snacking between them, it doesn't really give your body that time Mm -hmm. to uh, let your insulin levels go down. So two simple ways that you can incorporate some intermittent fasting Mm -hmm. into your day. I heard also you can ease yourself into intermittent fasting by skipping breakfast. Yeah. And I know it kind of goes against what many believe. But again, this is all about trial and error. And if you're interested, that would be an, an easy way to kind of ease yourself into that way of eating. Definitely. You know, and we go back to over and over again that it has to fit into your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. If you're working early morning shifts, skipping breakfast may not be realistic for you. But if you're starting your day later or you're not hungry in the morning, then maybe it would work for you. So nobody's the same. It really just needs to be tailored to your lifestyle. Um, But just know that There have been good results with intermittent fasting, just like there has been with with, uh, continuous calorie reduction. It makes sense logically when you think about it. You're eating less or you're spending less time eating, um, but just comes down to what works for you. Yeah, and also what your goals are. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, what are your goals? So thank you so much, Emily. That was a wonderful information sharing. 
session, I certainly learned a lot about intermittent fasting. And again, we encourage everyone to do your own research and consult your physician before you jump into anything like that. Thank you so much for listening. And if you have any suggestions for controversial health topics that you would like to see us cover, please comment down in the show notes below. You can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Please do not comment in the show notes below because it's not possible. So since you cannot comment in the show notes below, please email us at sharpbesshealth at sharp.com with any interesting controversial topics you would like us to address on this podcast. So we hope you enjoyed this episode. And yeah, have we'll a see one. you next time. We'll see you next time. Have a great week, everyone. Bye. Bye. Download this episode and find more great information on health and wellness by visiting Sharp Best Health on Sharp Network.